Get ready for conflicts where movie reviews collide. And welcome to today's episode of Conflicts, the podcast. Today, we are covering 1989's Batman. I pointed to both of them and they're staring at me like idiots. Because that was the TV show. Yeah. And I was also that. I wasn't really paying attention to you. I was looking through. I'm over here giving a moving rendition of the Batman theme song from the TV show, and nobody cares. It, it was fantastic. I'll give you Thank that. You. Your Thank you. Your interpretation was uh, it was just amazing. But. I have played that like on YouTube for my niece and nephew because kids these days don't know. It's don't not syndicated think, in the afternoons anymore. I'm just going to say I don't think Danny Elfman did that song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Danny Elfman was alive. No, he probably was. He probably was. All right, a synopsis of this movie. Having witnessed his parents' brutal murder as a child, millionaire, philanthropist, and playboy Bruce Wayne becomes Batman, a crime-fighting vigilante that protects Gotham City from itself. But when a deformed madman who calls himself the Joker seizes control of Gotham's criminal underworld, Batman must face his most ruthless nemesis yet while protecting both his identity and his city. Dun, dun, dun! We really need to get like a soundboard with that thing on it. It's going to be so much cooler if I can just push a button and dun, dun, dun. Copyright. Get some sound drops. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> this stars Michael Keaton, Kim Basinger. Is it Basinger or Bassinger? Is that still an argument? I that was know. on Family Guy, too. <laughs> it was. Yeah. How do I say this? Kim Basinger, Bassinger? <laughs> Nobody knows. And Jack Nicholson. She's not relevant anymore. Nobody cares. It's kind of Kim has been these days, isn't it? <laughs> no, 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 no. She was in a movie not too long ago. Uh, whose name you can't remember. I'm trying to look it up. He's you like, I'm trying to Google fast enough. Well, I'm trying to Google fast enough. Right, it, either way, it, it's it's not relevant because honestly, <laughs> like it was sort of like mild porno and she was naked and I caught it like halfway through. Cause, oh, actually, go ahead and what was the like, name of well, that? Tell me more. <laughs> I don't know the name of it. And that was the thing. I was like, there were boobs. It's all I cared about. It's all boobs. Uh, but anyway, I was like, is that Kim Basinger Bassinger? <laughs> 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 okay, Google, look up Kim Basker's soft porn. <laughs> You're going to get some messed up Google searches. I'm going to get somebody's one. fan fiction. Oh, I'm gonna get. Remind uh, me to tell you guys a story about a Google search history later off mic. Sorry, listeners. Okay, this one is directed by Tim Burton. I looked up a couple fun facts for y'all because I enjoy fun facts wait, and I hope y'all do too. The movie. Oh, okay. I mean, there's probably fun facts on Tim Burton. He never combs his hair. That's a fun fact. This movie took 10 years of development to create, which I found surprising. Tim Burton wanted to direct it, but uh, Warner Brothers, I think, was the studio. They would not let him direct it unless Beetlejuice was a box office success. So the box office success of Beetlejuice led us to Batman being directed by Tim Burton. Uh, Michael Keaton, who was also in Beetlejuice, was a controversial choice at the time to play Batman because he was known for comedy, not drama. And this also started the mass marketing trend that we know today. And is the reason why there's all the cross promotion and the toys and the blah 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 blah. We have this Batman to thank for it all. Yeah, I have this Batman to 
thank for the best childhood ever. Well, apparently there was a Batman breakfast cereal Heck based yeah. off of this movie. <laughs> it tasted just like Pops. Corn Pops. Corn Pops. Oh, did they still called? make those? Those were good. Know. Is that the right name of that? Yeah. I don't remember. They cut the crap out of your mouth. Yeah, they do. They're like semi-stale when you get them mm. out of the thing, but yeah. That's why you add milk. <laughs> <laughs> I like soggy cereal. That's controversial opinion. I also yeah. like crunchy cookies, so whatever. All right, this is going to serve as your spoiler warning from this point forward. If you ain't seen this movie, we're going to spoil it for you, but fasten your seatbelts. If you haven't seen this movie, where have you been? You know what? I'm going to hazard a guess and say some of our uh, loyal listeners weren't alive in 1989. Have you seen you this chew movie on that? before the podcast? Yes. Okay. I, uh, I believe I saw this at a friend's house. I was not allowed to watch it. But uh. There are many movies that I did see that I just kind of snuck <laughs> in there. I'm not going to say anything. I was in high school when this came out. Yeah, I was going to say, Rich, how old were you? Uh, well, I didn't see it when it came out, because when it came out, I was like four. This would be the year I got my driver's license. All right there, Pops. <laughs> hey, you know what we didn't do, guys? What's that? Introduce ourselves. Oh, who are we? It's an existential question that I often ask myself. I don't. Also, as the, uh, you know, quote unquote professional host of this show, I probably should get something as simple down as being like, hey, this is my name and these are the names of the people talking. Let's keep it a mystery, guys. Yeah, I kind of Let's be that. superheroes. Let's not tell them who we really Ooh, we are. We need superhero names? No. I don't need a superhero name. I am the nameless. She who shall not be named. Yep. Hey, that's a Harry Potter thing. Do not pass go. <laughs> There's some contention between the trio of us regarding oh, Harry you mean, Potter. You mean the great epic evil villain who couldn't manage to take over a high school? Who doesn't understand that all you had to do is drop the baby out the window and that kills them just fine? Uh, he who has not read the books is not allowed to comment. Shh. Yeah. Doesn't make my points <laughs> incorrect. Yeah. You're not allowed to, for sure. Mm. There's nuance that you don't know because you haven't read them, but that ends Harry Potter Corner and thus opens. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, shit. You, know, you know what that is? Sorry. That's, you got to go to the theme park, and you didn't even know what was going on. Continue. I, I don't want to talk podcast. about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm still bitter about it. Okay. I got to drink beer Well, you know park. what? If you like hearing yourself talk so much, we're going to start with you. Dive in, Rich. Tell us what you think about Batman 1989. Okay, so I gave this movie a B-. minus, um, And that probably seems a little low, because I really did enjoy the heck out of this movie, especially when it came out. Uh, you hit that point earlier where this is what started the superhero movie trend oh, yeah. that we are still in today. Started this, that ball rolling. It really did. This launched it into the big screen. And, you know, you really got to go back and recognize that for what it is. So there's a lot of nostalgia. Mm -hmm. But if I'm looking at the movie objectively, there's also a lot of crap in this movie. Um, crap being like filler or just story that didn't resonate? No, most of it's Tim Burton. Oh, right. Not a not a Burton fan. No, he's somewhere around a giant pile of dog shit, in my opinion, and what his most of his movies are. Are there flies? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Okay. It depends on how bad the movie really is. He, I don't know why this man is allowed to direct films. I really don't. There's nothing he does that is anything other than just stupid. And I really wish you all could see the look on Nick's face. He he peaked with Beetlejuice. It's really great. This movie was the second best, and everything he's done from there was dive off of a cliff, downhill bad. Nick, you gonna let him get away with this? You gonna let him? You gonna However, let him? You can see that he was still restrained by the the movie companies, you know, by the 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 business of movies and what he could do. Now, unfortunately, his success with Beetlejuice and Batman is what let him have the freedom to rove into the pile of crap that he became as a director however 
This movie, still not so bad. Michael Keaton was amazing. Uh, Jack Nicholson was amazing. There were some fantastic performances. Uh, it really reintroduced Batman into the common culture. Actually, he really is what introduced Batman into that generation's mm -hmm. culture to the point where we are still obsessed with Batman to this day. So because of all of those things, I'm going to go as high as a B minus. But if you really step back and look at it, outside of those fantastic performances, this movie was... All right, Nick, ready, go. <laughs> wow, okay. Nick's also really red because I think he's angry. <laughs> he's also had some moonshine and that might have something to do with it, but mostly I think he's just angry. Number one, I hate you, Rich. <laughs> Number two <laughs> is I gave it a B plus. Ooh, which okay, okay, okay. The only reason why I gave it that is because it is a little bit of a drawn out movie rewatching it now. I'm like, eh. I remember as a child, mm -hmm. I thought I would have given it an A plus if you would have asked me when I was yeah, five. Yeah, because you were good. Um, but Tim Burton is fantastic. Lee Bad. No. Oh, he's, oh, oh. He's great. I, I will say this. He started sucking whenever Planet of the Apes came out. Revived himself for a skosh with Sweeney Todd and then went back down. Mm, I shouldn't say that either because his other movie with the peculiar, peculiar Children, whatever that was, was pretty decent. See, it's like you're saying that he occasionally popped up out of back the Back to what I was saying, though, in the 90s. Air, and then dove back into the He was cesspool. fantastic. <laughs> I mean, he did no wrong in the 90s. That is a true fact. He did no wrong in the 90s? That's true. And 80s. What, what he should have done is stayed home. You see this. They're pointing at each other. There's prolonged eye contact. Anyway, Nick's still red and splotchy. Back to Batman, the reason why I Oh, now they're not making eye contact. Tim Burton. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, Tell us more, Nick. Welcome to conflicts. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this movie was fantastic for me. I was going to bring... My VHS copy of this. But oh my god, you still have a VHS copy. That's I, magical. Yeah, I do, and I still have the sleeve. And but oh, you still have the sleeve. But it's raining, and I didn't want to get. Yeah, it you didn't, didn't want to hurt that sleeve in the rain. And I almost brought the vinyl soundtrack that Prince did <laughs> for this. Movie. Okay, I got some comments on that soundtrack for later. Right, okay, hang, hang on. You, I'm, this is where I'm going to really make you mad. I always thought Prince was mediocre at best. I feel the same way. I, he's had about um, three really good songs. I think we both know a lady with red hair who's going to crawl through her earphones and rip your face off when she hears you say that. I know several people who really don't like my opinions on Prince. He's no Michael Jackson, but <laughs> I don't think MJ was available for the soundtrack. I don't know. That, that could be a fact. I don't know. But anyway, made me have my first crush. On Kim Prince? Basinger, Basinger. Oh. <laughs> I'll that. We're going to call her Kimmy B from now Kimmy on. Kimmy B. Kimmy B. It was the best performance ever out of Michael Keaton. It was an amazing Ooh. performance by Michael Keaton. I will give you that. It is not the best ever. And let's fix that now. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to say that. It Luke, was good. I loved. I'm, I'm going to say this too because I still love the practical effects of that movie. I think mm -hmm. it, I love stop motion. And the best scene ever was right at the very beginning whenever it's doing the aerial shot and you see just a little Batman and then that big shadow and mm -hmm. it was the stop motion of him flipping his da -da 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 cape around da -da 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 and going down because they're like, hey, da -da 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 there ain't no bat. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. That's like what that dude sounds like. Are you a tweaker on the streets of Gotham City? You're dressed like one. Uh, and I don't know. Lando 
was in it. He uh-huh. was. Yep. He was. Billy D. Williams. I mean, come on. That movie was great. And the new Batman that's coming out, I'm just going to say this. I know that's what we're not reviewing because it's not even filmed. But how the controversy behind Michael Keaton being Batman is almost the same as Robert Pattinson being cast as Batman. I know nothing about this, so I'm clearly out of the loop. I don't yeah, spark- I don't uh, follow Twilight it's on spark- the interwebs. Sparkly vampire Batman. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm Have you not- ever seen that guy in profile, by the way? He has a really flat head. It's mm-hmm. random. Mm-hmm. He looks like a Dick Tracy character. Oh, I thought you were going to say he looks like a dick. I'm not one of those where I try to judge the casting ahead of the movie. Mm-hmm. Wait, one mm-hmm. more, because I just thought about this, because I watched the VHS copy <laughs> to review this. You loser. It has the best commercial at the beginning. Do you guys remember the Diet Coke commercial? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's at the beginning yep. of this I VHS. don't remember the Diet Coke commercial, but I lived in another country, so I probably never saw it. Yeah. She's from another world. Yeah. She who shall not be named. And from a whole new world. Nope, that's a different review. I, you know, I, <laughs> I will give you this much, Nick. Michael Keaton is amazing. Uh, many of the performances were amazing. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson's performance is Jack iconic. Palance. In my, Jack Palance. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Jack Palance was just uh, also amazing, even though he wasn't in it for No, but a he, he uh, made you remember him. He chewed up scenery. Even Kim Bassinger. Uh, yes, that's how I choose to pronounce it. I'm cool I, with that. I even thought she did a really good job uh, and actually acted. So uh, there are a lot of good things in this movie. Well, you know? you know what? Speaking of good things, let's talk about a best and let's talk about a worst. Dive right in there, Rich. Tell us what are the best of times and what are the worst of times. You know, this is the era of uh, campy superhero movies. This right, kinda, right. This kind of launched it. Mm-hmm. And at the time, that's what we were able to put out in front of the audiences. They weren't ready for the gritty ones yet. However, um, this was kind of gritty for 89, wasn't it? It, it was. Yeah, yeah. It, it had, the, for the era, it had a lot more grit than people were used to. And some of that, once again, I'm going to go back to the performances of the actors. And Jack Nicholson is going to be easily my best. And that's because he managed to keep with the campy format, but bring something else to it as well. It wasn't just ridiculous. Yeah, he wasn't campy for campy's sake. Right. He came off as a little unhinged, which the Joker is supposed to be, Mm -hmm. uh, but gave him something of a personality and uh, and motives as opposed to just random stuff happening. So the strength of his performance is easily the best because without it, that movie would have honestly probably been awful. I don't think the rest of the performances would have been enough to save it without a good villain. Well, and in lesser hands, it would have fallen flat. Faux show. What about you, Nick? What's the best for you? You got to pick one, man. Only one. The best. Okay, this is so cheesy, but I'll say this whenever I'm like at a big dinner table and people get it. Whenever I'm at the end, I'm like, can you please pass the salt? (laughs) (laughs) They get it. And then he's like, you know, I don't think I've ever been in this room. (laughs) No, that is actually a great scene. But honestly, this is stupid, but I love love the floats at at the end that are... (laughs) 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 Those are the best, man. And then he comes through with the giant scissors in front of the bat plane. And takes him up (laughs) and he covers the moon. Pauses and then I falls love back he's down. He's got giant like garden shears. On he's the- Batman. He has everything. <laughs> he stole my balloons. <laughs> and he's just so mad and kills the guy. Yeah, and has that big yep. pistol in his pants that he's pulling out. <laughs> Bob Gunn. <laughs> oh, R.I.P. Bob. Yeah. All right, let's flip the coin, Nick. What's the worst? The worst. Um. The uh, okay, this is stupid, but I think the filler in it. 
mm-hmm. was a little much. Like there's this one scene like whenever uh, he's just hanging upside down and she's like, oh, is he Batman? It's like- With the what? squeaking? Yes, yeah. I hated that. And there's another scene whenever he's at Vicky Vale's house and he stops a bullet with a dish tray or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's stuff like that that I'm like, eh. mm-hmm. it's just filler crap. That whole scene could have been cut out. All right. Now you, Rich, got to pick one. What I've, is it? I've already said it. All of the Tim Burtonness that was still eked into the movie. I didn't like the stop motion stuff. I think that's his trademark. And I think Nick that is, is currently what, flipping off Rich, he, he dear is. listeners. And I, and I think that ruins it because the performances were so fluid. So that it just took you out of it. It, it took you away from it. And I, I think so much of what came after the camp that remained in those movies, even after he wasn't involved, was there because everybody thought that's how you're supposed to do it because that's what he put in. And I, I, I just didn't like it. You know, the marketing on this was out of this world. Uh, that's the thing that I love. Okay, I'm just going to say the marketing mm-hmm. on this because I remember the toy collection for it this. It worked on you. You remember. insane. Like I had a TV tray that I would not eat dinner unless I was sitting in the floor <laughs> eating on this D- TV tray. And I remember also uh, that, that, that I think that was the first toy that I ever s- saw brand new of uh, Wayne Manor. Because you could open it up and it turned into the back. I bet that was a cool toy. Did you have that toy? Were you rich? No, my friend did. He was spoiled. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I played with him. We immediately knew only the rich kids had Wayne Manor. I had uh, had a lot of the loose figures to it. And then they had like off the beaten path Batman. It's like, oh, here's submarine Batman. It's like, oh, I didn't remember this from the movie. But (laughs) But okay. Mom, I want this. Yeah. Here's money grab Batman. Yeah. No, it totally (laughs) was, man. Like I had a tool uh, toolbox. I'm an adult now. <laughs> I had a toolbox. Are, are you sure? <laughs> Can we vote on that? I vote nay. I had a toy box, a Snoopy toy box, full. He is an adult of Batman toys. I mean, so much so, like I made my dad sit in the floor with me and just play, and he's like, oh, "I really don't want to do this." And I'm like, oh, <laughs> he was also old. He it probably was hurt. Really old. But I still made him, and he took me to go see like. And if they had like re-releases of this, because it was 89, so it was only two when it came out. But I remember we went to watch uh, Batman and Batman Returns, like a double feature when Batman Returns came out. In 92. In 92. And I remember I had to sit on the seat folded up to see over the seat in front of me. Oh, I remember doing that when you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah, now they're all like fancy. That was before recliners. (laughs) So it's like the seat's actually. (laughs) All right. Tis my turn. For the best and the worst. For me, I have to say the best part of this movie was how they handled the styling of it all. Uh, the styling of the characters, the styling of the sets. There was this Was weird... it the stop motion? No. Oh. <laughs> styling and stop motion are not the same no, thing. Is that, is that a thing that you like, though? <laughs> <laughs> He's pointing at himself like... Like, pick me, not Rich. Be on my team, not Rich's team. No, I'm going to be on my team. (laughs) There were these art deco touches throughout that I thought were really beautiful. And it made Gotham feel like an old city, but it also made it feel fresh and new because there was kind of an art deco renaissance happening in the late 80s, early 90s. And I thought that was beautiful. Also, random nod to the lighting in this movie. It was lit so well. And I hope whoever handled lighting on this Got nods for that. The worst for me, I have to say, is the Prince music. <laughs> because, like, Prince is such a such an iconic artist, and he was so transcendent. And then there's these songs that are just like, wait, what? Why? 
It didn't work. It didn't work at all. They were trying for a thing, and you know, like the mass marketing and everything, it worked, but the Prince music did not. So how you said uh, about the uh, art styling. deco styling, uh-huh. they paid a lot of close attention to the Bob Kane original with that. So that's mm-hmm. why you see all that. Even with the the Batman animated series. Yeah, it's a theme throughout Batman, even yeah. even in the newer because I'm not a you know, I'm not a comic book aficionado. I don't know, but, but even in the newer things, there's an there are art deco touches that well, I love. And yeah. I always felt you talk about the lighting. Um, they did a good job of making it feel it, to a it conveyed degree. a mood. Well not just the mood, but I was thinking the, the same moods that you would see from like the comic book paints. They remind me of the way that they would bring oh. in the lighting mm-hmm. and the shading. It mm-hmm. had a very similar vibe to it. So it almost gave you that reminiscence of the comic books. Well, at least the they gave you the reminiscence of the comic book somewhere. With, yeah, without uh, taking you out and, and making it feel like a comic book. You know what I mean? Where it, mm-hmm. the, the whole thing didn't resonate. It, but with the lighting, they gave you the subtle nods. I think the, what you ended up with was the, a similar framing. All right, now... I'm going to go make everybody mad, and I didn't mean to. I thought I was being kind because this movie gets a C because it's right there at average. It's not good. It's not bad. It's right there in the middle. It's at like a 75%. That's a C. I thought Michael Keaton's performance was great as Batman. I did not think he was that strong as Bruce Wayne. It, he lacked the the aloof, haunted, tortured aspects of the character. He made him too likable. As Bruce Wayne, I want brooding in the corner Bruce Wayne. And I didn't get that. Kimmy B was good but forgettable. Uh, It had less to do with her performance and a lot more to do with what she was given as her character. She did the best with what she had. Jack Nicholson was spot on and was really the only actor that could have taken on that role. Was the perfect mix of camp, comedy, villainy, and danger. The pros to this movie... It beautifully married the camp of the Adam West Batman, which is the last Batman that had been produced with the darkness of a grown-up version. It had gorgeous lighting and styling, like I said, and it was well-written from a story-only perspective. It tied everything together, even though it wasn't accurate to the comics, it still tied everything together. The cons, super dated, questionable graphics. I did enjoy the stop motion and the miniatures, but there was a, still on my team. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. There are still some uh there's still some questionable graphics in there and it did not stay loyal to the original subject matter. And I know that was a big deal even at the time. Big deal for everybody. So, uh you talk about Jack Nicholson, uh, uh interestingly enough, he received a percentage. He so, got like he ended up with like 60, 60 million. million. Uh, which, by the way, is still the single movie record for an actor's salary. What did yeah. he do? He took a percentage of the cut, uh-huh. you know, from, from like everything. Boys and stuff? No, from the gross. He got he okay. got a percentage of the gross of the film, and because this was a massive box office success and a was, home uh, home home office movie, thing, yeah, he, he took home around sixty million dollars is what he ended up getting Damn, paid for this. Good movie. move on so his like said, part. Yeah, good to this, smart man. To this day, that is still the record for a single movie. Wow. Well, he also brought like legitimacy to it when he was brought on because I think he's a producer too. I think he got producer cred for this, but he also brought legitimacy to it. Like um, Marlon Brando did to Superman mm-hmm. in getting that made. Mm. All right. Well, if you guys weren't sick enough of my voice, I'm going to keep rattling on because now it's time for the female factor. And sure, there could be a lot to comment on in this movie about the representation and treatment of women. But let's be honest, it's 30 years old. And for the time, it wasn't that bad. So harping on it now doesn't do any good. So instead of rehashing that the only woman on screen was screaming every two seconds and feigning and running to hide and whatever. I'd like to bring up something else that is still relevant today because it is still, bizarrely, a favored storytelling trope. 
And that is the one and done woman. Maybe there's another name for that. I don't know. That's what I'm going to call it. In this Batman franchise, James Bond films, ton of other franchises, superhero and otherwise, there is a love interest to whom our hero has a very real and visceral connection and the movie ends, seeming to grant them a happily ever after. And then there's another film that comes along and poof, she's gone, forgotten and never to be mentioned again. On to the next. Now, many times these characters are strong and intriguing women, and that's great. But what's not great is this continuing message that women are replaceable. There was a time when this style of storytelling went unnoticed, and it wasn't really a big deal. But the fact that we continue to tell stories this way today just isn't cool anymore. Just going to say it. I'm just going to say I'm not 100% sure, but I think she, uh, Vicky Vale was brought up in the sequel to this? Sometimes they'll get a line. Sometimes there'll be a line in the next movie. Bond does it sometimes. Oh, like, okay. oh, so-and-so, you know, moved did, on or joined the CIA or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes they get a line, but that's it. Hmm. it. Well, they're serial monogamous is what they end up being, where they have this wonderful relationship, and then supposedly it's over, and now there's the next one. And it, it's essentially the same character, but a different person completely. Uh, I don't know. Do we want to call it like the... Uh, uh, the, the swipe right maneuver. I mean, something? sure. And, you know, to be honest, at the end of the day, it's le- I have a problem less with these relationships happening and more with the fact that they only ever happen with the man replacing the woman. If we have a movie, if we have a Batwoman movie and she replaces her male love interest every single movie and her swipe right maneuver, if we get a little quid pro quo, I'm fine with it. Relationships fade. People change. People have open relationships. Whatever. But the fact that it's always the woman and she always gets replaced... Enough is enough. How many James Bond movies do we have? It's happened every time. 27? It, it's, I was actually just thinking, does it count that we actually changed Batmans quite a bit? <laughs> well, in it's a the, new uh, story. It's a new in story. In the Dark Knight time. Rising trilogy or whatever that's called, uh, oh, What's-Her-Face is in a couple of them, and then, you know, she passes, and it's a different actress playing her, but it's the same character. So, you know, it's different. It, it modified. It's not yeah. as prevalent in the MCU, but still. Katie Holmes had the Tom Cruise effect. <laughs> Katie yeah. Holmes had the cardboard cutout who can't act effect. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Mm, she kind of did. She kind of always did. I don't know how she ever got famous. I guess she's pretty. Dawson's Creek. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't any good in that either. <laughs> yeah, it was a combination of Dawson's Creek being very popular and she was kind of. Oh, I watched The girl. Creek. I was Team Pacey. <laughs> they're both looking at me like oh, okay i don't no, know what that means hey, believe it or not josh jackson's actually had a pretty decent career he's also still very high. believe it or not i actually called in sick to work to watch the series finale of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> my brother and i both did yeah because we were like oh we started watching this in the 90s it's like 2002 we both called in to work to watch it. Yeah. that's the single funniest thing you've ever said I'm not lying. My brother and I both did. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I, I think you and my sister might be me <laughs> I don't remember it. Because I'm pretty sure like, she still has all of Dawson's Creek on DVD. Like, it's kind of funny. It's like, I remember calling into work to watch it. <laughs> the Creek's ending. We got it. I'm sick. <coughs> but I don't remember the series finale. It was that Well, uneventful. all series finales are let down. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. Next week, we'll be back. The same bat time, same bat channel. What's Again, we didn't review the TV show. Yeah, and yet you These are the Batman <laughs> references that I like. I didn't do any Biff Bam Pals, okay? Oh, oh, fun fact. I have two 
Batman autographs. I have Adam West's autograph. Nice, nice, very nice. R.I.P. And yeah, and I have Kevin Conroy's. Oh Ooh. yeah, mm-hmm. I got Conroy's. He was uh, at a re- con recently nearby here. Yeah. Uh, so you didn't shake his hand, did you? What? I got a selfie. Does that count? Oh my god. Well, he's still alive. If something so. happens to that man, so help me God, Rich. <laughs> Rich is a black widow. It he shakes people's hands only, and they die. It only happened twice. It's they're, a they're pattern. Have <laughs> you ever shaken your hand? Oh my god, we're gonna die, Nick. <laughs> Not that he's a hitman. He just has a, a cursed handshake. I've never shaken his hand. I've only high-fived It was him. autographs. I didn't shake their hands. I just got their autographs. And no, then, I've never... Oh, uh, we did sign things. And they we're were going to die. Okay, in oh, my no. defense, they were both old and sickly. That's why I went to go get their autograph, because like these guys could kick off soon. And, and then they did. Wait, did you ever <laughs> get Stan's autograph? Are you to blame? I never got Stanley's okay. autograph. He was it's one not of the your ones, fault. He was one of the elusive ones that I was never able to get. Hmm. Natural causes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they all say. Yeah. Let's hope that doesn't happen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, let's flatline. <laughs>